friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are going to be discussing the books that really shaped us in our youth, really kind of solidified the types of books we like to read. So really, we're just going to kind of talk about each one, what we liked about it and like what effect it had on us. You know, I think some of these are going to be very telling. Yeah, Um, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. And honestly, I feel like my list, you all are going to be like, well, she's a basic bitch. But you know what? That's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. So I'm going to kick us off with The Doll People by Anne M. Martin and Laura Godwin. When I've I never even heard of you, that. Well, it's for young readers, like oh, young. Okay, okay. Because I was probably like in the first grade or second grade when I read this. But when I tell you, this is the first book that I can vividly remember the feeling of just being absolutely like taken in by the world and just like Mm -hmm. enamored with this book. That's what this was for me. And it's funny because it's actually a series, but I don't recall any of them besides the first one. That's not to say that I didn't read them. I don't know. It's possible. I just don't remember. But the first one really took me and carried me away on a cloud. So The Doll People, it's about a little China doll, and her name's Annabelle. She is, like, like an old China doll, like 100 years old or whatever, and she's been in this same family for generations. Like, they pass her down to their next daughter, so she's, you know, she's lived with this family forever in her little dollhouse with her little doll family. Well, like, decades ago, her aunt went missing, and by her aunt, I mean another doll. And so she's like, I have to like solve this mystery. I need to go on this adventure and find my aunt in this house. So she leaves her dollhouse. But the thing is, these dolls, like they're living, you know, but if they get seen by humans, then they become like permanently inanimate objects. So she has to like sneak basically if they like see them moving yes if they see them moving like toy story like Andy's coming yeah except if you get caught you actually forever yeah you're you're turned into an actual doll but it's kind of fun because you know she's like an old china doll and then there's this other dollhouse in the room and it's like more modern dolls like plastic like barbie Mm -hmm. type dolls and so she's like oh my god who are you? Who are you? <laughs> and so she like befriends like a a plastic style doll. Oh, they're obviously very different, and it's very cute, and it's a big adventure. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. I've never even heard of that. That's- I I loved it, and what I loved most about it, I think, it just felt so like fantastical and exciting and I just remember like feeling that way and I also I remember that book is the first time I ever saw the word chaos and I had no idea how to say it and I was like mom what's chaos (laughs) and she's like can you spell it (laughs) I am not even sure (laughs) great question um are you speaking English (laughs) Okay, so my first one on my list here, this is probably still one of my favorite series that I would recommend anybody to read, Ooh. like even as an adult, it's it's very good. Um, so it's The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel by Michael Scott, hilarious. <laughs> um, so 
basically it's about the alchemist Nicholas Flamel and his wife. Um, and they found the source of immortality. Um, and it's in this book called the codex. And so there's this dude named John D um, who steals the codex from them. And basically he's trying to unleash like all these dark secrets that are within this book, because not only is the secret to immortality in there, but also how to unleash like all these monsters and like chaos and whatever upon the world. And so. Chaos, if you will. Chaos, if you will. Yes. So. When he steals it, they don't have a way to continue making the concoction for immortality, which they have to brew at like a certain time once a year to maintain, or it's like once every however many years, I can't remember, to maintain their immortality. And they've been alive for like 700 years at this point. So they work with these two twins named Josh and Sophie. And this is where it gets a little shady because Nicholas Flamel thinks they are these twins of like prophecy um they're called like the twins of legend and basically they're supposed to bring balance to the world so one is like the sun one's the moon so one's light one's dark and um basically they awaken like their senses so that they can come into their power but they only do one that they think is like the good one instead of the other one um and so it like becomes like this whole thing where um they have to figure out like who they are and like what side of the coin they're supposed to be um and they have one month to help nicholas flamel and his wife find the codex so that they can continue keeping peace in the world basically but you find out like not everything's kind of as it seems. And there's like a whole bunch of like fantastic creatures that they meet, like um, ancient vampires and like Hecate and um, like the elder twitch and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool. That um, there's a cool. lot of really good, like folklore to it. Yes. And you know, like that stuck with both of us through yeah. what we read, like oh, love. It's love one that. of my parents' favorite series as well. I have not read those, and I, I so kind of want to, yeah. And, like, even though they're young adult, like, there's enough action and stuff in there. It, like, keeps you very interested. Yeah. Just, I think more of, like, the historic side of it is what really got me. Yeah. I mean, it sounds super cool. I love it the is. vibes. The next one, I don't have quite as much to say about this one, but I do remember really enjoying it. So, the Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. In my fourth grade class, we had to read this like as a class. And I just remember it being so fun because basically it's like a clue style murder mystery mm-hmm. with all of these like um, eccentric characters, you know, like it's very, it's basically like giving clue. But I remember it being so fun to read with the whole class because, like, we would all um, have to discuss and, like, theorize, like, try to solve the mystery together. And Mm -hmm. it was just, like, a really fun one as a kid. And I do not read as many mysteries today, like, as an adult, but I feel like that's more just because it's not my favorite, not that I don't like it. I love mysteries. Yeah. I just don't really read them a whole lot, you know? Yeah, I like the idea of, like, cozy, like, murder mysteries, mm-hmm. but I would never actually sit down and read one. Yeah. But I they sound don't read wonderful. Yeah. I mean, they, they're they very, obviously, entertaining. They're classic. It's like a classic um, yeah. formula for a good story. So my second one is the Blue Blood series by Melissa De La Cruz. The chokehold <laughs> this series had on me. Like, I read the Akatar series probably like 
I would say eight or nine times. I've read this series probably 20 times. Oh my God. Like just growing up. <laughs> like I loved it. Yeah. So they're essentially like vampires and they're called the blue bloods because they are, you know, very rich and um, like well-known amongst the society. And essentially like anytime one of them is like, close to like dying or whatever, they take the blood from their body and they can regenerate into new people. So it's always the same people regenerating into new like bodies, but like they keep their memories. Okay. And so they, and this may be spoilers for whoever wants to read it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you've had a long time to read it. So they go all the way back to like the Roanoke colony though. So um, they were some of the first like settlers in the Roanoke colony. And so um, like kind of the history behind that is that the Roanoke colony disappeared off the face of this earth. They settled, they, you know, thought they were going to be prosperous. And when the next settlement came through on the next set of ships, um, there was nothing left to show that anybody was ever there except for the word Roanoke carved into the base of a tree. And so basically like these people, um, whoever was able to like regenerate, move on, um, those memories were kind of like locked away. And so there's like this creature that's killing them off slowly. And so once they're completely like drained of blood, they can't regenerate into their, their next phase. And so Skylar is like the main female character, she's like a half breed and no one knows like how she was created because blue bloods have to breed with like within themselves. Like they can't breed with like humans. And so she's like, um, she's not sure what she is. And she's like an outcast because even though she does share like the same blood as them, like she's new. And as far as they know, she can't regenerate. They, They don't know who she is from like past lives. And so Like, the whole story is her trying to figure out, like, who she is and how she fits in amongst this. And um, she's kind of, like, the key to stopping, like, this force that's destroying the creatures. Okay. So, a very chosen one story. Yes. And, like, it's really cool because there's some, like, biblical aspects to it. Like, um, some of, like, the archangels and demons and stuff like that um, are in Like, supernatural. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very good. I love that. That was, like, the first I was ever really introduced to, like, romance um, mm-hmm. because there there is, like, a romance aspect to it. And so I'd say that's probably, like, the first time I ever read, like, anything like that. And I was like, oh, that's like, different. I like this. this like, okay. Me, this makes me feel happy. Yes. Yeah. It was – it's really good. Melissa De La Cruz, though, is a little problematic. She <laughs> does like to trash on authors that take their time writing books because oh. um, she's known for, like, churning books out, and she really prides herself on that. Okay. Um, it's not always a good thing, though. So. so, like, I don't love that about her as an author, but I do love her books. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. So the next one I want to talk about is A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lily Oh, my Singer. God. I love that series. It's It's so good. Like, I, like... This is where I discovered my little, like, we'll call it, like, an angsty phase, for lack of a better word, because I was, like, so, I loved, like, the gloomy, melancholy Like, the dark academia Yes. like, yes. Yes, and that was my first introduction to this sort of, like, tone in a story, and I loved it. I was, like, this is just, like, it's gloomy, and I love it. Um... 
it's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. But also, on top of that, we have a secret organization throughout the love entire book. that shit. And you know how we eat that up to this I very day. I love secret societies. So it truly couldn't be more perfect. This is also the first book series I ever read where it had the ability to break my heart. And it did oh my it multiple God. times. I had never experienced that before um, until I read these books. And I now, today, I still seek that out. I like it when books <laughs> hurt my feelings. Yes. Um, so that really shaped me. And I will say, like, you know, there was that one shitty movie that they made that kind of like almost ruined it for me because I was like, oh, nothing will ever feel nothing will ever feel the way reading it did. But mm-hmm. I will say Neil Patrick Harris's um, Netflix version of it is actually a really, really good adaptation. It's yeah, it's true to the tone. It kind of takes some liberties, but I think it only serves to enhance the story. I love anonymous authors. Mm-hmm. Like, I love authors that use pen names. Like, I love not knowing. Yeah. Who they are. I love the anonymity of it. Same. And I'm going to talk about one of those here in a little bit. But yeah, just, I don't know. There's just something so different. And I don't think anything like that has been done since a series of unfortunate events. And that's it added just, to the vibe. Special. Too. Like, the mysterious vibe. Exactly. The next series that I love is the mysterious benedict society and this is by um trenton lee stewart so in the mysterious benedict society there is like this mysterious benefactor that holds like this test that basically attracts like gifted students like gifted children okay um, to like it's like a a test that he's basically like no one can pass this and so they come in and it's set to confuse them so that they fail like he wants them to fail so that he can kind of weed out the smartest of the bunch and so this you know kid goes in to take it and he passes and he gets like a hundred percent on it because it like wants you to think outside the box type of thing and so um he finds himself with like a few other children and basically Benedict, the the benefactor, he is like, you know, I chose this group of students because there is like this secret um, like learning institute that is taking advantage of children, like something bad is happening. I want you to go in there um, because no one's ever been able to escape. And like you four, I think will be able to go in, find their secrets and get back out type thing. But it has to be children that do it um, because only children can go in. Um And so basically like they go in and they have to use their brains and their ways of thinking outside of the box to like unravel the secrets of this institute. I love that. Really good. Um, Yeah. Again, like I would read that today as an adult. And kind of like along the same lines, I didn't add it into this document, but I do want to touch on it. It's called, uh, the book is called The Name of This Book Is, and then it's blurred out. And so um, the author is called Pseudonymous Bosch. But it's, like, a mystery, like, thriller book about, like, these kids who, like, find, like, the secret society on accident. And they get, like, sucked into, like, this whole different world of people and um, stuff like that. And so they have to kind of, like, learn what's going on so that they can escape out of the society. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I love that. 
and all of it's based off of like secret notes and like you never actually know who it's from because there's never anything like listed on like from like a or whatever like that like it's all just a blank like a note with no name nothing and they have to like go based off of like an anonymous person Oh my god. I love those like I love like <laughs> I loved mystery novels. yeah, and it's funny because like I I do love it. I love like the way it makes me feel, but that's just not really what I gravitate towards or Mm -hmm. did No, that's so as fair. a kid I have to be even. in the right mood for it. Awesome. Um, I'm embarrassed to say this next one. <laughs> I won't lie to you. <laughs> the Twilight series by Stephanie no, Meyer. I love, no, don't be embarrassed. Everyone <laughs> loves it. okay, I'll own it. Listen, Own it. a girl never forgets her first monster slash paranormal romance. Too true. And this was formative for me. I, I was wishing, waiting, hoping for an undead, <laughs> ice cold, blood sucking vampire boy to be like, to recognize me and be like, You're Pick not like other me, girls choose and me. and choose me. Love me. Yeah, I was like, this this could totally happen to me. Cause you know, Well, no one else, though. yeah, no one else, no one else, just me. Um, I will say, like, I loved this series. I also really loved the movies. And <laughs> I do remember though when I was reading Breaking Dawn, that here's where It, this is funny to me because you you all have heard if you listen to this podcast by now that Tabby and I do not like an unplanned pregnancy trope. no. And spoilers in Breaking Dawn, does <laughs> get pregnant she does that. And I remember how pissed I felt in that moment when that happened. I was like, first of all, they just finally got to fuck yes for the first it's time. like i have felt nothing but longing for the last few books and I was so pissed. And I think that's funny that even then, even as a young girl, I was like, this is bullshit. And today as an adult, I still get like the same like rage within me when authors do that. Yeah, well, that was also, like, one of the books where, like, I hate using the word ick, but, like, Mm -hmm. I did have, like, that sensation of disgust Yeah, when, whenever Jacob Empton yes, hit on the child. like, I remember reading that and being, like, I'm Trash. gonna pretend that didn't happen, Trash. Garbage. and I'm just gonna breeze right past that. Yeah. It truly could not have been a worse end to the series because Yeah. I, I was like loving it, loving it. And then the last book is like, it's a You're train like, that wreck. seems illegal. Yeah. And everything that I had loved about the series leading up to that, like, of Edward and Bella, like, being in high school and, like, you know, like, everything, like, them being young and, Yeah. well, technically Edward was not young at all, but everything I loved about, like, the relatability as a kid of uh, Bella being young and also being a kid uh, got sucked right out of me in that last book when it's like, oh, no, she's pregnant with a parasite now, so... Like, that seems bad. I was like, okay, well, this this alone will prevent teenage pregnancy for me. Truly best of luck to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that one. Um, okay, so this next one is the Wicked Lovely series by Melissa Barr. 
This was my first ever book that had fairies in it. Ah, And mine was Akatar. really? Yeah. No, mine was this series. And like, I think that's why I appreciated Akatar so much mm-hmm. more when I was reading it because I'm like, hey, I know these things like yeah. a little bit. Like I know um, the, the structure of the like fairy the, realm. I, I understand the courts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what this is. Like this girl has the sight. And so she's able to see like fairies and stuff when no one else is able to. So they're just like mm-hmm. out in like the general population. Like this <laughs> is in like modern day. Cool. And so she has to like pretend that she can't see them because if she if she does notice them, um, then they'll they'll take her. Um, or like something bad will happen to her yeah. and so like one day um she like draws the attention of I, think, I don't remember what court it was um but they had like the different courts and like the sealy unsealy and whatever um and she gets taken like back to one of their courts and so it starts like this whole journey into like falling in love with yeah um, this like fae king and like he has like an evil stepmother and like all this stuff and oh my god um, yeah it's like, right up your alley actually you probably you probably <laughs> really enjoy read. it <laughs> this book made for middle schoolers yeah no and like I devoured devoured <laughs> that series, um, ate that shit up, yeah, and yeah, that I think that is why I am probably the way I am today. Uh, and I'm over here, a grown woman. I'm like, I'm downloading it right that. now. Um, it's actually a really good series. I will probably read that one as well. I just think, like, listen. You know, in some ways, I'm like, yeah, like, I am an adult. I'm a grown-up. But in other ways, I am a child. You know, sometimes, though, like, reading young adult books, it's, like, the tension, mm-hmm. the build-up. Like, yeah, even if that's there's so, no, like, oh, reward. Like, it makes the, you feel so young at heart, too. The longing. Like, yeah, because that's what you felt. Like, when you were, like, a, a teenage girl, like, that's what you felt. You were like, oh, my God, like, my this crush that I have will never yes. get me. And, and, like, that's what those books were like. And emulating. that's what this is. Like, and there are some romantic, like, qualities to it. And, like, nowhere near what we read today but like (laughs) I'd hope not yeah just like the pining in it and stuff I'm like this is this is how books were meant to be written I think I agree and it's 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 just like it was back before there was like huge hype around it too it's like fairies that was kind of like a new thing that was not done because you know Akatar is pretty old too like Mm Throne of Glass the first Akatar book like those were written a while ago yeah and I would say like these probably line up a little bit more with like throwing a glass and stuff, but still it wasn't something that was done. It wasn't super, it wasn't super mainstream until recently, which like I, and I don't care. Like I don't care if things are mainstream or not. Like that has nothing to do with how good they are. Um, But I will say that like, even until recently, I feel that People might have, like, if you were like, what's your favorite genre to read? And you said fantasy or science fiction, they'd probably be like, okay. like they, Their know. minds would immediately go to, like, Lord of the Rings yeah. or um, Wheel of Time, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. True, like, old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And those are good, too, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think that it's there's so much more of it now. And I love that because it's, like, my favorite genre. But also, like, 
the way that uh, fantasy and science fiction still get lumped together, like at the bookstore, it actually I had love me, that. well, it had me so confused because I was looking all over for Iron Flame and it was in the science fiction. <laughs> because it has dragons like, in it. <laughs> but I was like, but, <laughs> yeah, but, is it? <laughs> but it's also like magic and, you know, it's like I was fantasy. like, fantasy. Yeah. So interesting. I think eventually like the more popular those become, like the more distinct the genres sure. will be. Um, the next one I would love to talk about is the Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan. <gasps> have you watched the new show? I, I have not. I haven't yet either. I've heard it's good. I heard good, it's really good. Which makes me happy because, again, like with a series of unfortunate events, they made some a really shitty, shit-ass movie. Yeah, a shitty, shitty fucking movie back in back in my day. Uh, so I've heard good things about the show, which makes me feel better. This was my first ever introduction to Greek mythology. Oh, yeah. Uh, Besides, like, Hercules, I suppose. But I was absolutely, like, sucked in from the Mm -hmm. moment I started these books. I thought they were so cool. I loved the adventure. Again, kind of, like, fantasy vibes because we're dealing with, like, this mythology woven in to the world. Uh, Another chosen one. Mm-hmm. um storyline which i feel like is a classic and yeah since it was so new to me i just that's all that's all i hyper fixated on for like a full well, year and like even now like i still am so drawn to like anything that has to do with greek mythology mm-hmm. or egyptian mythology like roman mythology i i think all that is so interesting me too and it was really cool how rick riordan kind of wove that into like how it affects even, you know, people today, because there's still a lot that we draw from that mythology. It's just, it's so, it's so cool how he did that. Yeah. It was such a good, like, it was so educational in addition to it being like entertaining. I know. I agree. Cause really that, that was my first exposure to it. And I learned so much just from tearing up those books. Did you ever read his series? Like with the, it was like the Kane series it was like no. focused on the egyptian i loved those i'm sure i would have loved those as well i just like i didn't the cane chronicles that's what it was so my next one is the sisters grim series and that is actually kind of where i drew like our handle from the sisters warden uh because i loved this series so mm-hmm. much so basically in the sisters grim there's these two sisters and they are direct descendants of the brothers grim so the Brothers Grimm, they're, you know, known for writing a whole bunch of fables that depict, you know, life lessons that we can learn, you know, as children, stuff like that. Um, and a lot of them ended horrifically. Like the Grimm, <laughs> the Grimm fables were truly like what not to do type <laughs> things. Um, yeah. So anyway, like they start to realize that some of their predecessor stories are not fake and that they are the legacy to defeating some of these creatures of their past fables so like there there's like the jabberwocky there's like the evil queen so like puck who is like a trickster type like fairy person he's like kind of the the little love interest there and i loved him so this is like this reminds me of like that show Once Upon a Time. Yeah, it kind of is, but for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And it's it's really, really good because you also get to uh, learn about like some of the grim fairy tales that you maybe aren't like super familiar with. And it brings like a lot of attention to like some of the minor characters that did play like a major role in their fables that are kind of forgotten about. And so, it, again, it's it's very educational, yeah, um, but it also just like a really good storyline. That's cool. Loved it. I would also read that. <laughs> Uh, my TBR is that. so long though. Yeah, I'd read that. You know what? I need like a sticker that says that or a shirt. I'd read uh, that. You know, honestly, I need to go back and add all of these to my Goodreads. Yeah. This next one I want to talk about is the Maximum Ride series by James Patterson. Ooh, it's a good and one. I do need to preface this by saying <laughs> that I honestly cannot remember a single, I cannot remember a single plot point other than they fly around and they like are kind of running for their lives, but also helping. They were also hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were hot. I think it's funny because I only remember vibes from this series, yeah. but the vibes stuck with me because this, the way that I felt when reading this series, I remember is the way that I felt the first time I read the Crescent City books. Like it's kind of that urban fantasy um, mixture where there's like I mean maybe this one you could say is more science fiction actually um but I I just loved that it was it was like contemporary but not uh realistic it's been so long since I read those I cannot tell you about them other than that (laughs) like I'm pretty good at like recalling stories Mm -hmm. but yeah no that feels like a fever dream it does but I remember really liking them yeah no I did too um so my next one is the Septimus Heap series by Angie Sage this was like very like middle ages like witchy warlocky vibes loved it so basically septimus heap is the seventh son of a seventh son who mysteriously disappears on the day he was born um and the day he disappears his father finds like a purple eyed like infant in the snow and Mm -hmm. so basically like they adopt this child and raise it in place of the seventh son that they lost. And so later on, we start reading about like this kind of side character who turns out to be Septimus. And like he has these special powers because the seventh son of a seventh son is like a sign of power. Um, it's a very lucky like birthplace to be in uh-huh. um, because, you know, seven holds like a lot of power for like a lot of um, religions and... So basically, like, the series just kind of follows him as he tries to figure out, like, who he is and where he belongs and, like, him coming into this power um, and, like, how he can use that to, you know, fight the evils of his world. There's a lot of, like, side quests and shit that he does, but it kind of reminds me of Merlin. Oh, it, it I gives, love like, Merlin. Merlin vibes. Okay, that sounds so cool. Yeah. I, th- I think everything sounds cool. I'm like... <laughs> Listen, I was reading some bangers. Yeah, you were. Listen, I'm also Thank like you, really Thank you, Mandy easily... and Jason, for our library in our basement. They knew My parents were good. have a library in their basement. And so pretty much any time like, a new book would come out that they lo- thought looked interesting, they would buy it for us. Mm-hmm. And so even if like one of my... Of the four of us didn't read it, inevitably one of us would. 
anytime we were at Borders or Barnes and Noble or wherever, um, they would always pick up like a new series for us. And so even now That's to this so sweet. day, their basement is like six shelves deep of just books and stories and everything It's true. that they could get their I hands was always on. in awe of it every time. Also, like, let's take a moment of silence for Borders because... I know, I know. I said that and I was really sad. Yeah, I used to love going to Borders. My Oh, my dad God. would take me and we'd get hot chocolates. Oh, And yeah. My I, mom, I really like, miss I loved it. when my mom took me to Borders. Like, it was a special day when And they she had, took like, me the to Borders. little reading nooks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I miss Borders a lot. They would do really well in this day and age, I think. Yeah, they should come back. They should. The last one I want to talk about, which we've already talked about on the podcast. So the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. This Pivotal. series was formative. I, it changed me. I was like, oh my God. There's evil in this world. Yeah. And then like, it, it's kind of your first introduction <laughs> as a young person into anarchy. to, into, yeah, like anarchy, like. Um, oppressive governments and really makes you think at like 13 years old you're like oh my god this is a cruel cruel Is this world play about us? <laughs> okay so we already said we already let you know these books still hold up to this day but i will say Mm hmm. And maybe even more so. they they do they hit a little too close to home at this point but also the newest one the prequels like it slays And I still haven't seen it. Shut up. you have to watch it. I still haven't seen it. Okay, well, we're going to watch it together Okay. right I really now. slacked. Yeah, actually, quick pause. We'll Yeah, be right back. like, <laughs> let's have, like, a quick little live, live react. You all listen. You, you all have Do you, a couple hours to we'll, spare. we'll live stream us watching the Hunger Games prequel. No, we won't be doing that. Um, <laughs> but I do recommend you watch it. <laughs> it's just going to be me just staring at Tom Blythe the whole time. Okay. <laughs> you know, we were He's like, a little don't, hottie. don't do it. Don't thirst Like, don't over the fall man. in love. He's so evil. Um, I will be the first to admit that I am I am a weak willed woman. <laughs> Why'd they <laughs> have to make him look like that? Why'd they have to make him so fine? I don't know. It's not fair. Anyway, It's actually cruel. It's disgusting. it's really fucked up. Also, the soundtrack goes hard. Lucy That's Gray what Baird's, I heard. um, like little little bops Or her that she little sings. jaunts, her little ditties. <laughs> Yes, there's yes, the songs are actually so good. Okay, that's all I'll say about that. Um, Anyway, you all know about those books. you already been knowed. Um, so <laughs> I have one more and then I have an honorable mention because I think it's really important to talk okay. about it. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So my last one is the Rangers Apprentice series by John Flanagan. So I think why I like this series so much, it actually started off as him writing a bunch of short stories for his son to get him into reading because his son was having like a really hard time. Um, finding books that he could understand and that he could get into. And his father, you know, was an author and wanted him to feel like included. I'm And gonna so, cry. yeah, he had these short stories that he later turned into the, the Ranger's Apprentice series. And so basically um, it's about this orphan named Will who's chosen as a Ranger's Apprentice. And so each book is just um, like different adventures that he goes on with the Rangers um, and like the trouble he gets into. And it kind of like reminds me of The Witcher almost like it's like a found family type vibe, but actually it is gonna very cry much set in like this fantasy, like folkish type vibe. Um, mm-hmm think like Aragorn.
oh from God. Lord of the Rings type ranger. But yeah, so it's just it's following the misadventures of Will and what he does in the with the Rangers. But it's just I, I thought that was a really cool story that I didn't actually know about until later on um, because my dad and I read these together and um, he read this with all of us. And so like it was just like a really nice like bonding thing for us and our dad. Um, but then when I later on found out that like, his dad wrote those for his son to get into reading, I thought that was really special. I'm actually tearing up right now, but don't mind me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's very beautiful. And then I do have the Mortal Instruments on here. That's not my honorable mention, but the Mortal Instruments by Cassandra Clare. That was also one of the ones that kind of got me into reading. If you haven't read it, you should. That those still hold up today. You can I have still, not read half. You of can the shit still you vibe with the Mortal Instruments today. Um, okay. But no, my other one is the Chronicles of Narnia. So again, my dad is not a big reader, but he the books he does read, they're very, very special to me. And so my older sister and I are very close in age and um, we used to share a room. And so every night uh, before you go to bed, my dad had like this special edition copy of the Chronicles of Narnia. And so he'd start with the very first one, which is um, the magician's nephew. And basically he read each one of those stories for us over the course of like a few years because they're really long stories. And so those are really important to me and they're really, really good books. Um, again, they hold like really good values and tales and stuff that I think a lot of kids would really enjoy. But those are probably my most like favorite series. That is like so very sweet and not to like completely like dampen <laughs> the mood, but I fucking hated the Chronicles of Narnia. Really? Yes. And I don't know why. I truly don't. I think it's more just a nostalgic thing for yes. me. And it was, like, specifically The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like, I hated it. I hated the movie. You should I hated the other everything ones, about though. it. I should, because I don't know what... I just had, like, a personal vendetta against that book and film. Um, so maybe I'll try some of the others. One cool thing is, though, like, I told you, he had a special edition, like, giant, like, illustrated copy mm-hmm. of The Chronicles of Narnia. And I found the exact same copy at half price books the other day and it was one of like the limited edition ones exactly what he had so i got it it. yes that's so cool if i ever have children i'm going to read the (laughs) the chronicles of narnia oh my god that's so sweet but this was a long list of books that i mean Obviously, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not a child. At least I hope you're not, because if you are, oh my um, God, this is a, if you a, are, no, like, no. I'm embarrassed. But where are your parents? <laughs> yeah, but some of these, it seems like to this day, like as an adult, they would hold up. And like, even if you are an adult and you don't want to read them, you recommend them to the kiddos in your life and watch the magic unfold. And also, if you do really need these, let us know. Yeah. Tag us. Tag us if you liked him. If you didn't, keep it to yourself because I don't care. Yeah, because it'll hurt um, our feelings. If you didn't like Twilight, oh God, I'll cry. Like, you're wrong, first of all. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but join us next week as we discuss Sanctuary of the Shadow by our best friend Aurora Asher. Um, <laughs> honorary best friend. Honorary of the best, best friend. Club. Yes, in, in best friend terms because you all are best friends. Yeah, you're, um, we're all best friends. Um, we will be discussing her book that came out on January 9th. Um, it is one of the New York Times bestsellers, like not to brag or anything yeah. about Aurora, but yeah. um, how cool is that? So, it's very cool. 
If you haven't already, go listen to our interview with her because she is so fucking cool. She is. She's very sweet and awesome. And she actually, like, this is the first book that she's uh, published traditionally, but she has other books that she's published already um, as an indie, like, author. So she has plenty of work out there for you to read if you really love Sanctuary of the Shadow. Don't you worry. She's got a whole other series out there for you. Then the week after that, we are going to be doing uh, our next installment of Poetry Corner, and we're going to be featuring poetry by the National Youth Poet Laureate, Amanda Gorman, who is so amazing. Some of the most beautiful pieces of literature I've ever seen. She is just gorgeous to listen to. Um, If you did not get to see her perform at the inauguration, you definitely should. Yeah, look up that video um, because we won't be able to do her poems justice when we read them, but we will try. Um, But go ahead, get started on Sanctuary of the Shadow. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.